0: Welcome to Nerd Talk, the podcast that talks about everything nerdy. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead, and each week, me and my friends will be discussing some of our favorite topics. We're talking superheroes, Star Wars, Pokemon, Harry Potter, and that's just to name a few. You don't want to miss out on this because this is Nerd Talk. Hey guys, and welcome to yet another uh, episode of Nerd Talk. We are super, super excited. I have both Micah and Alicia here with me. Uh, Super, super excited to have you guys here. Thank you so much. We're starting our run on the Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. So guys, thank you again. You guys recently just watched the first uh, Iron Man movie, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, rewatched it again. I I feel like of all of the different characters, I've watched Iron Man probably the least. So I feel like I need really? to get myself a refresher. And I feel like I don't, I didn't remember a lot of it, I guess, but it was really good watching it again.
0: Okay. Yeah. I,
2: yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think the other night when you were watching, you were asking me, um, when does this character come into play? And when does this, i like, was it Iron Man three? I'm like, no, that was the first one.
1: I That's just, probably why, because I know I get all of the Iron Mans confused. Like, I was like, "Is this the one with the little kid?" No, that's the second one. Okay.
2: And I think too, like the, out of all the the Marvel movies that um, have multiple versions, whether it's Captain America, Thor, um, Iron Man, I think the Iron Man movies between Phase One and Phase Two. I think what it is is that those three are the closest together. Yeah. That, and that, yeah. So like they're the closest together of any of the um, the solo films, I think that because it's like Iron Man one, Incredible Hulk, and then Iron Man two, and then I think and then the he Iron kicked off Phase two as phase well two? with
0: with Iron Man three.
2: Iron Man three, yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Why it could be a little bit confusing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I uh, I remember going and seeing this movie uh, at the drive-in, at Melody forty nine over by Brookville, Ohio, and I just <laughs> I remember sitting there and I'm like. This was a really good movie, and I think this is the character I've seen the most of. It's he's not even my favorite, and I think I just gravitate back to because I mean, how many times I've I've sat back and I'm like, I'm gonna watch uh, the Marvel movies. Well, you start out with Iron Man, like that's that's the typical spot to start, um, especially if you're watching them as they released um, instead of like going like a timeline to order and and going through the Disney order. Um, and I just sat back, I was like, when you when you said he's the least, I was like. <laughs> I remember watching that one the most. Like that was that's probably like if I would go back over how many times I've watched all these movies, the only movie I think that might top Iron Man one might be Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, that's the only one well, I've, I let, think I've seen more. Let of. me
1: throw an addendum in here. I've only seen The Incredible Hulk once, so maybe of all of them, I've seen that one the least. <laughs> uh, I
0: think well, everybody's
2: seen that one the least. I,
0: I was gonna say uh, the conversation I had with Micah earlier today basically sat with hulk is not an actual recognized movie in the mcu (laughs) and i'm like i can't disagree until shang chi just recently threw in uh abomination so that's the only reason and the fact that thunderbolt ross they've got the same guy playing him so i'm like i'm gonna count it as it sits so if betty ross shows back up like then it definitely sets
2: yeah and i think that it you know it counts obviously but like right I was telling Jordan this morning that, you know, I think it until you introduce Mark Ruffalo in the Avengers, I don't think that <laughs> the Hulk really gets some credibility. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So going back to Iron Man, what were your guys overall thoughts of this movie?
2: Now or when we first saw it?
0: I mean, both kind of kind of I mean, because it's now 13 years old. Um, You know, what are your thoughts uh, as of today? And then, like, what did you guys think when you first saw it? I think
2: um, when I first saw it, I was like, I was really interested and a really cool question that Alicia asked me the other day was that, um, do you think that they had all of this planned and how far in advance did they have this plan? Meaning like the whole MCU universe, the series of movies, the story, the timeline, everything that we have gotten to up until this point. And I said, I really don't know. I think that they were kind of winging it in the beginning and then, you know, when they got to maybe the Avengers and then when they started phase two with Iron Man three and "Hmm, maybe we got something here and we're going to go with it. Um, I was really curious as to what they were going to do. I knew about comics Um, and growing up, I was more of a DC guy watching Batman and um, I watched more Star Wars and Batman than anything. So when Iron Man was introduced, I was like, wow, this is, this is different. This is cool. And um, I want to see where they go. And then Looking back on it now, where um, the the story has taken us with Tony is um, evolving as a character, as a as a jerk, as a hero, as a you know you name it. Tony Stark um,
0: has been has it. pretty much done it.
2: Yep, and I think knowing what I know now with the story, like if they never made another Marvel movie after Avengers Endgame, after you know Tony's sacrifice. Spoiler alert. Um, Tony's sacrifice that, you know, I would have been happy, right, with that being done right there at the end. So um, what do you think, Alicia? I
1: don't know. Overall, I can't really remember. I have a hard time remembering what I had yesterday for lunch, so I don't know if I can be dependent on to tell you what I thought of a movie after seeing it 13 years ago. But, I mean, I remember vaguely seeing it in the theater and thinking, this feels like it's going to be kind of a cool thing. Not really sure what they're going to do, where they're going to go with it or anything like that. But I also think that, you know, one of the one of the most wonderful things about Marvel movies is how they leave little nuggets about, like, just... I mean, they're Easter eggs is what they are, but yeah. you never really know what they are until you go back.
2: And you can watch them a hundred times and then, like, and each miss, time...
1: completely miss something. I think
2: I told Jordan a couple months ago that I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and... <laughs> there was something random that Drax said and I was like I'd never never remember you know hearing him say that mm-hmm. so it's it's so good um we have not seen Shang-Chi yet and we want to go see it we just haven't we haven't had time and we know that abominations in it and it you know it's clear in the trailer and whatnot but we were watching Iron Man 1 mm-hmm. the other night and what were what were the group of terrorists that kidnapped Tony? They were the, the Ten, rings. ten yeah. rings. And I was like, Oh my god Like I lost it the other night. He in was the like, room.
1: He's like, Did you hear that? Did you hear that? No, so he rewound it and I was like, I feel like I need a closed caption. I can barely hear what the guy is saying, but yeah, it's ten rings.
0: So fun Which- fact, the opening sequence where they've got him and they've ripped the, the uh the cloth off his head, they apparently mm-hmm. are giving if you if you put closed captions, I have been told and I've kind of looked into it a little bit and it says that it gives the, the basic synopsis of the entire movie right there. So, like, it tells you, like, kind of, like, the the basic synopsis of what's going on. Um, it's fantastic. But did you catch
2: that, Jordan? Have you ever caught that? Like, the whole, like, Ten Rings thing until...
0: Yeah, yeah. You know. So, I caught it at the very beginning. Um, it, it's fantastic, kind of, to see what... Because I remember seeing it, and I was like, okay, that's the Mandarin like eventually we're going to see him show up and and we have um, and I think that's that's really cool but when you start to look at how like like you said uh, Alicia the further you go into it the further like we're building on this story how much did they see ahead um, mm-hmm. because the Mandarin the Mandarin's a big character in comics it's kind of uh, I would say he's probably like in the top three Iron Man villains. Um, I'm not a massive Iron Man fan, but I do know that like he faces off against the Mandarin quite a bit. He's kind of like a, a Ra's al Ghul to Batman situation, like not like the villain, but definitely like up there. And so I'm like, how cool is it that the Ten Rings got to be a part of this? And and the Ten Rings, like it's not just a uh, like a Chinese or or like a Mandarin group like it's it's a worldwide organization that all goes to that one guy. And I was like, that's really cool that you've got middle East guys who are a part of this organization. And, and I was like, uh, and, and I'm going to not give away spoilers with this, but, uh, with Shang Chi walking out of the theater, I was like, I wonder if there's a way to use, uh, the 10 rings as the new Hydra. Um, and then like aim can come back and then maybe Hydra rebuilds or something like that because we now have multiverse stuff. But I saw some of that. And so I did see that at the very beginning. And with the neck, I was like, that's totally a Ten Rings reference. I, like, I loved it. The flags and all that. Um, and so I was hoping that the the guy with the burns would have been in longer. And I would have loved to see him come back for future stuff. But then Jeff Bridges ended up killing him. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, move over real quick. What did you guys think about this cast? Um, like... We know kind of where it's at now because we're at movie 25. um, But back even, like, watching it over the past so many years, like, do you feel like there was a character that stood out uh, above the rest? Not RDJ, because I'm not going to let RDJ be the, because that's, I feel like, the obvious pick. But, like, is there one that kind of really, like, embody that character? Um, Is there someone from this movie that maybe uh, you would have recast and not just Terrence Howard because that happened uh, but, like, is there is there a better pick? Would you have gone with a different villain for his first? What are your guys' thoughts on that?
2: I liked, um, I don't know, I thought Gwyneth outro for Pepper was perfect. And I think that she grew as a person and as a character um, throughout the entire universe. And um, I feel like we keep expanding because we're talking about, like, the overarching story. But um, just watching the other night, the first Iron Man You know, when he makes his way back from being held captive in the Middle East and she breaks down and he's like, (laughs) I think the line was long lost years for your, your long lost boss or something. And she's like, yeah, I hate job hunting. And I think it was just the perfect line because she, she loved him, even though he was like a billionaire playboy and he was, you know, out fooling around with all these ladies. um, She still loved him and she was always by his side no matter what. And um, again, you know, we're talking about the first Iron Man, but, like, even, you know, as, as growth, um, character-wise, when you see what happens to her in Iron Man 3, and then, like, when you're watching Captain America Civil War, and she's not there, and Tony realizes that she's not there, and, you know, it's just, they love each other, and they're supposed to be together, and so, even when he dies in Avengers Endgame, it's like, oh, every single time. So... um, Gwyneth Paltrow for sure. We were talking about, you know, Rhodey the other day.
1: So I, I do have to say that I'm not I'm not a huge Terrence Howard fan, I'm like not just either. in general. And as much as I hate when they recast a character with a new actor or actress, regardless of the circumstance, I usually just not a big fan of that. But I think that it was a good thing in this scenario. Oh I because I I, I like John Cheadle. Is that how you say his last name? Don Cheadle, yeah. I really I really like him. Yeah, he, really, he was really like
2: awesome. Yeah. Like he was a great like he should have just been it from the beginning. But like I, I think the irony and all that, get it Iron Iron Man irony. But, um oh. he, yeah, that was terrible. But um if you remember and at least reminded me of the other day he wanted more money. He didn't want to come back because he didn't want to come back because there wasn't enough money and I'm like yeah. You, you really fool, out. Like that. all this money and all these movies later, like I wonder how he feels today. I mean, he probably doesn't <laughs> care, but you know. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Is like as a fan, I look at these moments and I'm like, if I was offered to go in and play Captain America, not that I look anything like him, but if I was offered to, to be Captain America, like I wouldn't even care about the payday as much as it would be that, like, I get to be Captain America. Like, hire me. I'll, I'll do it for literally, like, half the, the war, or half the pay that all these other guys would do Absolutely. just to be there. Um, because yeah. then it's like you're establishing something that's never been done before. And comic books have almost a hundred-year history. And when you go back and you're looking over and over and over at all these amazing events, like – whether whether caps facing off in civil war or the serpent society or iron man's going in against the ten rings or maybe he's got to fight hydra or what, whatever's going on, it doesn't matter. Like yeah, you're you are playing a character, but you're gonna play this character for many many years. You got to stay in shape. You gotta you gotta do this. But how cool is it to say I did something that my legacy is gonna live on because I brought this character to life. I was this character. And like when you look at Terrence Howard or Edward Norton. Like, I don't think Edward Norton would have fit in as well with with these guys. I just don't think that he was a great. No, it's it's kind kind that. of like when you look at Spider Man. Uh, like Edward Norton was kind of the he was a good Hulk, but they CGI'd a lot of it, so like that really wasn't necessarily him. And the story, I think a lot of it was how they wrote him. Um, but I know that they originally wanted Mark Ruffalo to be Hulk, anyways, but they said, oh, he's not a big enough name, um, and that's why it went that yeah. way. But I just. I think that, like for Terrence Howard, I think that had he stuck around, it would have been fine. Mm. But when you get so greedy, it's like, dude, you are bringing a character to life. You are going to be a part of something that's never been done before. And yeah. I just, I think that that is some of the coolest stuff. So,
1: as far as characters that were actually in the movie, I've always been a huge Jarvis fan. Like, I love how. Oh yeah sarcastic and witty and I read something the other day that the reason he they made his character so sarcastic was so that he could Tony would have somebody to spar with yeah
0: yeah so I was I was and gonna I, and I love that I was gonna bring that up the they said that when he created uh uh Karen and Edith for Spider-Man they are supposed to be loving and nurturing because that's what he needed. but mm-hmm. when he had Friday and Jarvis they were sparring partners for him so he would stay yeah. witty and I I love that uh because I mean in, in this movie specifically, Jarvis is like, uh, that'll keep you very non and, and or, or something like yeah. that. And, and and he's like, throw a little hot rot red. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> like, okay, sure. Which I, I think would have been really cool had they done just the so, uh, solo gold suit because that was a straight nod to the original days. So one of his first suits, he was in a completely gold suit. Um and so he like walked around and it was all painted gold and all that and so that's where that when like it's on the screen I'm like as a comic book guy, I'm like that is so cool like I have some of these in digital format so that I can read like the original starting points and I'm like I love some of these these ideas and they they brought his origins because he was supposed to be uh he was created at the time that Vietnam uh, was happening and so he was supposed to be selling like a safe door um. And, and part of, like, weaponry and things like that, it was going to shoot out mines to, to make sure the door was safe and all that. And so they re- reiterated it for the Jericho missile and then put it in a wartime for today that we recognize, which mm-hmm. I think that's cool, too, is, is that it brought, like, a period piece in it. It stuck itself, like, hey, we're paying homage to the origins of this character, but we're updating it and making it so that, like, kids like me, who all I remember is being uh, at war in the Middle East – Um, having, like, all of our our soldiers going out there. Like, I I don't remember um, them going to Vietnam or Korea or World War II. Like, I don't know that stuff. But to know, like, hey, I I recognize that. I get what you're saying. Like, that makes sense. Um, And I thought that was really, really cool. So, do you guys feel like this movie has gotten better with age
1: I think well you know we, we reference Age of Ultron a lot and how yes we do <laughs> it gets it gets better as you go on because you ha- you appreciate the characters that they brought in more and I think that the same thing can be said about this like I appreciate Jarvis more as it goes on I don't know I think it gets I do think it gets better with age for sure
2: I think it's a, like you know, every good TV show has a pilot, right? And it has that very first episode where you're like, you know, is this going to be good? But like, it's kind of like, you kind of look at it through a different filter. It looks kind of grainy and it looks kind of like, okay, this is what we're starting with. And, you know, it's going to get better from here. But I think, you know, Iron Man one is one of those classic Marvel movies that I can always just throw on and watch and not have an issue watching. Like, it does get better with age, and it does get better. um And I think the, my brain is fried. But, but did we talk about how? I think we didn't. Before we started recording, we started saying, you know, I think that Robert Downey Jr. just aged well with these movies. Like he just continued mm-hmm. to evolve as a person and evolve as a character. But like physically, like his his look changed just a little bit as the movies progressed. Mm-hmm. But like. He just aged well and like he he matured and he grew up and and knew what it took.
1: I think it's reminiscent reminiscent of him as a person like Robert Downey Jr like all the struggles that he went through and, yeah. you and know, in like, real life. Yeah, it's like it's very reflective of that.
0: Yeah. I think one of the coolest things that um, they didn't necessarily play into was that he did struggle with alcoholism and uh, the character in comics does um there's uh, a whole series called Demon in a Bottle and it's one of the the most recognized Iron Man series and so when they did that and they said we're not touching this because Robert Downey Jr struggles with this I was like there you go like as a christian to to the extent that like we're willing to to go in and say we're not going we're not going to tempt you we're not going to ruin your life we're not going to we're not going to be those people and to go in and protect him through that I was like because there was, like, I was talking with somebody and I said, I think I struggle the most with the fact that they didn't ever touch on his, like, his voyeurisms and, like, his alcoholism and all that. And they said, well, if you look at it, like, in Iron Man, what does he do when he's flying to uh, Afghanistan? Well, or Iraq. Um, when he's when he's flying out there, he's, uh, he, hey, heat up a sake. And, like, they're drinking. And then, uh. He comes home, and, and they've got a couple things where uh, he's, he's got like a, a glass of whiskey or something like that or, or whatnot when, when Obadiah Stane comes in to, to kill him, and his, his glass drops. Um, you've got in, – or in The Avengers, you've got where he's like, you want a drink? while well, he's like clipping his things in. Um, there's, there's a lot of moments where you see he does have that, where other characters it's, – it's not their things. Um, and so it really plays into some of that very subtly. Um, and then like what's the first one of the first things we see with him well he's got a girl that he brought back to his house and it's like you didn't have to make this because th- I feel like in today's world we just have so many sexually driven things like movies and TV shows like where they're just let's let's make it R for our sake and I'm like what does that do to the story does that help the story mm-hmm. does that hinder the story is that like what's the purpose behind it where like they put in subtle points um, and I really liked how they handled that because um, after having that conversation, starting to see where where they start, I was like, oh, they did handle it. But they handled it with such kid gloves that we didn't always recognize it. we have to look for. It. And now going back and dissecting some of these movies, uh, it definitely is like, whoa, they they handled this really, really well. So. All right. I want to talk about the suit real quick. What were your thoughts? Gonna... Yeah. What, what, what were your thoughts <laughs> okay. of the very first suit that he's he's building?
2: In the cave? Yeah. Or the,
0: yeah, in the, in the, cave. the Let's cave. start with the cave first.
1: What was the movie when we were well, I would say when we were kids. I'm older than both of you. Um is it the Iron Giant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it reminds me of the Iron Giant movie. You're
0: talking like, about dude. the massive yeah, robot that like Supermans it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: That's what it reminds me of.
0: That's that's um, that's a great idea great comparison
2: yeah i mean that's pretty accurate i mean that's dead on um what did you think of it though i mean besides reminding you of that what did you think of the
1: well in what way
2: i guess one of my favorite lines in the entire movie is when oba obadiah was like tony stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps (laughs) yeah right and so just knowing that he built that with what little resources he had in a mm-hmm. cave in the Middle East, like I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think the downfall of that literally, literally, because he fell out of the sky when he launched himself out of the cave, it just fell apart. He survived, obviously, but <laughs> it just fell apart. Um, it, the first incarnation of that, it did what it was supposed to do. It just grew from there. I and think you get to Iron Man three and there's like fifty suits.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's just and I think what's really cool is like when you start to see like how much he's done in the comics and then like how little he did in the in the movies. Um I had a book one time, it was uh the Invincible Iron Man series and they they showed a warehouse with like a hundred, two, three, four hundred some suits, and each one had a different function. So like I've got a I've got a like a Iron Man guide that my dad got me when I was younger. Uh back in 2010 we we were going down to Florida for International Youth Convention and he got me it for reading material on the flight and I'm sitting there reading it and like he's made suits for like Spider-Man, Wolverine, Captain America. Like there was I guess a time where like if you were on the Avengers you got an Iron Man suit. Like everybody kind of had their like their own type of suits and things like that and I'm like this is really really cool and I just love that uh that tony by when you got to was it uh iron man 3 i think it was like you see the original suit back in his his inventory so like it was it was on one of the walls um where he's got he got it back and i'm like that's really cool like where the, where they were like cuz in the first iron man they're like tony stark has a heart and like he's like i throw this away it's junk like like he he's so progressive but then he starts to become more human and and pepper kind of brings him down a little bit i thought that was really cool to, to see that stuff play into it
2: i think that uh, you guys can this be a great question for both of you but i think that um my favorite both the two suits that are my favorites um of his are the original red one after you know he comes back from the middle east in iron man one but also his suit in infinity war when he
0: the nanotech
2: when he's yeah when he's in the street with with bruce and, and he just he,
0: he taps it on his and edges. Just... yep
2: yep that's my favorite i think that's my favorite suit i mean you can't beat the original red one but i think additionally the one in infinity war is my other favorite one what were your guys's i mean you guys can say that too but what were your guys's favorite incarnation of the iron man suit
0: so i have an unfair advantage over here because I collect the Legos, and I have an entire wall of all the Iron Man. So, like, I can look at like in, all these in the Marvel ones. movies. Yeah, no, no, they they are. Um, okay, they're, okay. they're like they they've released every time a Marvel uh, Iron Man suit comes out. Yeah, like yeah. when they did the End Game, um, they actually released the first few suits um, that he that they had missed over the years. Um, so, I don't know. I think that one of my favorite suits was uh, from Iron Man Two, when he like he's got the briefcase suit and like just like sticks his hand and like it like like really quick because it, it was hey i'm gonna get to the nanotech suit and i was like i wonder if he's gonna get there i hope he gets extremists and i hope this just becomes like this whole big thing like because it, it was in his blood and things like that that he could control the suit and all that um and it's supposed to nanotech out um which was really cool the other one that i like i i gotta agree with you i think iron man one is one of my favorites um it just the mark what, what was it mark three mark three I think it was mark three is the one where it had the the hot rod red and the and the gold titanium plating and all that um I, I liked that one
1: i mean i don't think i have like a favorite i mean obviously the nanotech one is kind of the coolest one just because it's so it's easy to to just get it on anywhere but i have to say that as much as i i'm not a huge iron man fan he's definitely not my favorite but I do admire the fact that he doesn't give up he just he can't take like good enough is not good enough because it can always be better and he can always make it better so you know you start at what it what it was in the cave and then it eventually does get to that nanotech like it's because he just wouldn't make he wouldn't just stop he would just keep going to make it better because he knew that he could make it better
0: yeah I I like that yeah. Well,
2: mm-hmm. even when he was on Titan fighting Thanos in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And, like, he literally had half a mask left or a half a face shield, whatever you want to call it. You know, one of his
0: arms, one leg. <laughs> like, he, he was, was still like, fighting. sacrificing he was his suit in order to, like, keep, continue fighting. Yep. yep. Yeah. I, th- I think that that's great as well. What did you think of the moment when, and maybe we have to go back to 2008 Us, but what did you think of the moment where Terrence Howard is like, next time, baby. And he's looking at the suit and you're like now knowing like, oh, hey, you're going to be War Machine. And uh, I saw I saw this meme uh, about it was a couple of years ago and it's my favorite. And it said next time, baby. And then uh, it's the same photo underneath of Terrence Howard. And it says last logged on was 2008. And so it was kind of like a video game. <laughs> like he meant to play and then like logged off and never got back on. So what what did you think what? of like that War Machine reference without putting War Machine in the in this uh, first movie?
1: Well, I mean, I think it goes back to something that I said. Like one of my favorite things to do is to rewatch just so that you can see those Easter eggs. Like, you may not have realized it, like I didn't realize that recently one night because I haven't seen it very many times. But when we watched it the other night, I was like, okay, that's kind of funny that they they left that little thing there to see if anybody notices it and. You're going to notice it when you go back and watch it again.
0: What? No, I, I, I
2: agree. But like I was going to add on to that or piggyback on that and say uh, one of my favorite parts of the film of the first Iron Man is when um, he's flying through the war zone and he calls him on the phone and he was like, it's me, it's me. And he's like, he hangs up and he calls him back. He's like, you know, you don't mess with my air. You know air force equipment or whatever it was and he's like just tell him it's like an equipment malfunction yeah. and then like the very next day it was a training a exercise gadget. yeah, yeah a training exercise and he's like the very next morning he's like experienced technical difficulties with a prepare a training exercise and like yeah. he's just he's like doing exactly what tony told him to do even, right. told, even though he was like you're not doing it and then you know he mm-hmm. could tell that he wanted in on it even though he was very stiff in the first movie mm-hmm. so yeah but that was just War Machine was a perfect, you know, whether it was, you know, it was Terrence Howard in the first one, and
0: then who yeah. was it? was Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle takes yeah, it. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Uh, yeah, like, he was perfect. Tony needed a village around him. Let's just be honest. Tony needed a village to um, kind of just hold keep his, his hand and keep him in check <laughs> as, you know, the time of the MCU moved forward. But, like, War Machine was that perfect counterbalance like level headedness to
1: kind the, of the rambunctious
2: version of Tony Stark like you know Tony wanted to go do all the crazy stuff and here War Machine was actually taking care of all the like Iron Man 3 you can debate whether it was a good film or not but in that movie War Machine was taking care of all the all the stuff right he was taking care of all the stuff behind the scenes and making sure that things were taken care of as far as like what the Iron Man suits were designed to do, right, for the government to keep the United States and the world safe. Like Anyway, I think that he was just a good counter. We went off on a big sidebar.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> I, no I, I I appreciate this. It's it's good talk. So, Yeah. Uh, here's here's my favorite thing. I'm going to I'm going to round back real quick. I love when uh you start to go back and watch some of these movies and you see the star-studded cast or when they start they're starting to bring back characters that were like minor characters in older movies like where you've got Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane screaming at this guy, Tony Stark built this in a cave. The guy he's yelling at is Ralphie yep. from a Christmas story. Yep. And I didn't catch it when I was when I first watched it. Now, I was going into eighth grade, uh, when this or I was in seventh grade when, when this happened, so I mean I was I was a young kid, but when you go back and look at it and you're like, wait, time out, that was him, and then he comes back and they reprise his role in Spider-Man Far From Home. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, whoa, time out. I remember some of this, and like just seeing the, the implications that this had, I just, I love the way that they've handled it. I think that this movie kind of helped set the bar. So, I'm going to move into this one. What were your thoughts finding Stan Lee as Hugh Hefner in this movie?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean... Stanley's cameos have to be one of my favorite parts about any of the movies. Like you're just kind of waiting for it the whole time. And it's just, I mean, just a funny old guy. I don't know. I I I, love it.
2: I, 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 yeah, it I didn't think much of it. I mean, it wasn't my favorite Stanley cameo, obviously, but at the same time, yeah. like we're we what, one movie into this whole MCU thing, and we didn't know that he was gonna like poke his head into every movie at that point, did we? Like we well, had no idea. So we could
0: yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah, uh he yeah. drinks the the one where it's got uh Hulk's blood in it, um. So he was he's been in every movie up until uh Endgame, and Endgame was his last one. So he was not yep. he's not been in the last three Marvel movies, um. Right. However, but I guess... I think they did. We all kind of knew to start looking for him because he was in the Fantastic Four movies. He was in all the Spider-Man movies. Everything. Tobey Maguire had, trilogy.
2: He was in those too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So at that point, because uh, we'd had three Spider or yeah three Spider-Man films, uh, three X-Men films, uh, they were starting to push out another X-Men, and so like you you have all these different Fantastic Four movies, you had all these movies. I think we kind of had a, a good understanding, like hey he's probably gonna show up, but I don't think we understood that like hey he's gonna be this kind of the the Watcher's person in this universe. Like it it was really really yeah. cool to see that.
2: What did you, what did you think of? You know, we we touched briefly on Obadiah, like as the villain. What did you think of that? Like as as the first villain for the first movie to kick us off into, you know, twenty five films of um, fantasy fandom of the MCU.
0: I think, okay, so two thousand eight. Me, I loved him. I was like I don't know who this guys. I didn't catch that it was Jeff Bridges because I was not a huge movie guy at that point. Like I was getting into the movies and and starting to, to recognize like I I knew that oh hey like this is a character I've seen him in this he's been in this this and this. I don't always I didn't always check the names. And so as 7th grade, I was 12, 13 something like that. Um and so I did I just didn't catch it at that time. But now going back and watching it, I'm like I think that was a really good starting point the one big thing that I have a problem with moving forward from that is when you have the villain be the exact opposite of the hero, like where it's the equivalent of the hero, like the exact opposite version, not like, cause like the Mandarin is really not a like Iron Man like person. He's got an army. He's got the 10 rings, uh, the physical 10 rings plus the army. Um, you've got like MODOK, which I hope MODOK eventually shows up. Uh, Cause I think that would be a really cool way to bring Iron Man back is like maybe with iron heart and they have to face off with Modok um, and aim. Like you could do things like that, but where you've got Obadiah where I, and I don't know if this is a comic book thing, but I don't know that he's ever had a suit. Um, And I loved that he had the the Iron Man suit and that giant mech suit. Um, And they just, they had that, but I think he just, he handled it very well. Jeff Bridges is an amazing actor. Um, I'm a big Jeff Bridges fan and I loved that they brought him to kind of help kick that off because I was like there's a lot of villains like probably some of the most iconic are just Spider-Man villains um at that point in time it was really kind of like X-Men Spider-Man you really didn't know too many Avengers if you weren't a comic book reader um you knew like Magneto and Mystique and then like Doc Ock uh, uh Green Goblin Venom was starting to really get some traction things like that um but at that time to bring in a character that most people didn't know um to give him a villain most people had no idea who that was I think it was done very well.
2: What did you think?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think he was a good villain to kind of start things off. He was kind of like a, I don't know. He I mean, he wasn't he my was favorite. To... Yeah. but I mean, he but did a good villain... job for what it was. Yeah, and a villain that you love to hate. Yeah. Like, just being a jerk.
0: Yeah. I th- i think I... that's a good good uh, way to say it. A villain I love to hate. Like, mm-hmm. not hate to love, but love to hate.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I think another good example of that, too, is that, like, you know, when Marvel was testing the waters with, with, with different characters, like, the first Ant-Man, the guy that played the villain in the first Ant-Man.
0: Oh, um, Darren Cross. Yeah, the the yeah. character Darren Cross. He he was awesome.
2: Like, I just, like, I thought it was very underrated, like, and I, you know, still kick myself to this day for not really giving Ant-Man a chance when I first came out. And then my father-in-law, shout out to Marty, um, <laughs> said, you've got to watch Ant-Man. And I was like, this is... No, I'm not watching Ant Man. It's dumb. I've seen Captain America and I've seen Iron Man. those has been great movies, and then we watched it and we're like, why haven't we watched this until now? But it's just another great example of like, um, an underrated actor, underrated villain, and for it to be a standalone movie to kick off a series of movies, like mm-hmm. it's great. So I think you know Obadiah did you know a great job, um, and even watching it again the other night when he's doing the promo for the Jericho missile in the Middle East before he gets, um, you know, captured. Um, he jumps on the phone with Obadiah and he's like, you know, I would do He's like, I think it's going to be an early Christmas. And he's like, that's my boy. And like, he makes some stupid wisecrack. And he's like, where are the pajamas? I got you. <laughs> and he's like, mm-hmm. good night, Tony. But like, I think that he played the character very well because if like, you didn't know that he was going to be the bad guy right away. Like, Yeah. It was just a good storytelling.
1: Um, you didn't you didn't expect him to be the one behind everything. Everything. I think yeah. they slowly stepped
0: us death. into. Hey, this is the villain. Here's a little bit. A little yeah. bit. And then like there was that shocker moment. Where you're like, wait, time out. They actually did step us through when you look back. And, and the more times you watch it, you're like, wait, I didn't catch this one. Oh, yep, should have should have caught it there. Should have caught it there. And and I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't this massive reveal like. Like Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, like it wasn't that massive reveal or anything, oh yeah, sorry about that if you haven't if you haven't noticed in the past what forty years of Star Wars history
2: If you don't know that then you're in trouble.
0: yes, it literally means Dark Father in Just german the wrong podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, wrong podcast um, I think one of the biggest issues I have with the Obadiah stain though is they killed them. And I think that when you go in, and and I think this goes back to the the statement you made earlier. I don't know how far they looked into the future. Um, I don't know if they said, oh, hey, let's get like a three movie contract. And then whenever we want to use him, like you're contracted in for this, Um, we want to just keep you as as our guy. And I bet Jeff Bridges would be all over it again if if he could come back. But um, looking at it like, hey, we're going to kill you. Like, you had all the Spider-Mans, all the Fantastic Fours, all of the, the X-Men films where they basically killed off almost every villain unless they were massively important that they had to keep them. And mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the big downfalls to early MCU is they killed every villain. Um, like that or like you never saw them again until almost 20 years later where where you or, uh, or like 13, 14, 15 years later where you're starting to see these guys come back. Um I, that's that's my thought. I think they could have kept Obadiah Stane and like locked him up and then like he could have I think he could have helped uh fuel civil war a little bit. Or hey, we could have like fueled Iron Man 3 a little bit further and like gone a, I, I wish they would have done an Iron Man 4 um personally, but that's just I think they could have could have continued to build off of that. I think that was a a, a character you could continue to build cuz you're going to get Captain America for the next how many years with with them passing the torch where Tony's really the Iron Man. Um mm-hmm. and so I, I think that it's just gonna be one of those things that it's just gonna sit really weird that we're gonna see like Iron Man one, two, and three were like very early on, and then like you're never getting another Iron Man movie again. Or are we? Bum
2: bum bum.
0: <laughs> Who knows? Multiverse of madness. Yep, oh man. If okay. Here's my thing. I'm going to side tangent into this one real quick. If we get uh, Tom Cruise and his Iron Man, like Tony Stark from another universe, because I heard he was in the running at one point to be Tony Stark. No. And if we end up getting that little bit like of like a nod to who could have been, I'm going to be like, just don't keep him for long. Like kill him off really quick.
1: <laughs> Speaking of killing characters. So. Oh, kill him off? Oh, I'm oh, not man. a huge Tom Cruise fan.
0: It's all good. I like him in Mission Impossible. I don't want him in the MCU. So No, I think... Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, you know, you you mentioned this before we started recording, but, like, you know, is Tony done? Is Robert Downey Jr. done? You know, there's been so much, like, is he really dead? Are they going to bring him back? Like, you know, the conversation with, like, the whole Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow and all that stuff. Was she really dead? But with Timeline... That makes sense but you know if they go you know into the I I guess it just depends on how deep they dive into the multiverse right and I saw a meme recently uh, this is a couple of months ago but it was um, it was Wanda and Wanda and Loki yeah I think it was Wanda and Loki and, and they were like they were in a car together and they were like They looked at Doctor Strange and like, get in. We're messing up the multiverse. Yeah. (laughs) So I've seen seen that one. That's what it was. Yeah. So it was Wanda and it was Loki and they were driving a car together and they stopped and they saw Doctor Strange and like, get in, loser. We're going to go mess up the multiverse. So like, it just depends on how you know how far they go and what kind of rabbit holes they get into.
1: I think if they do that though, if they do bring Robert Downey Jr. back as Iron Man, they're gonna have to be really careful the way they do it Mm -hmm. because it. It could turn out really bad.
2: And if they yeah. can make a whole city up and bring vision back.
1: <laughs> I just think they got to be careful. I, mean, I know, I agree. I agree. I agree with my opinion.
2: I agree I mean, with what you're saying. And I said that about the whole multi- multiverse thing too. Like, they've yeah. got to be super careful not to lose people and lose the interest of people because mm-hmm. of how far and how deep of a rattle they how complicated
1: I, think I mean any watching any of the in any of the newer stuff with his dad is a constant pause so you can explain to him what's going on because he's just like it's just too complicated for me
0: i think this is where we're going to start losing the older generation um is because if they were not comic people multiverse is a very hard concept to understand if you are not a part of a generation that understands the concept of Hey, here's a timeline. It's a straight line, and then like you can deviate from it, and then you've got all these different variants and things like that. Um, And I, I think when you get that far in, you have to basically start it with kid gloves before you can even. So they're basically going to have to restart essentially um, the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe with this idea and say, all right. Now that we've done some very big, complicated stuff, we have to get back down to, to, to the bare bones. We're going to strip the house down. We're going to hit the studs, and we're just going to have to basically reshow people what we're doing so that way we can build from there. Because now mm-hmm. we've, we've, we've faced Thanos, so we can reference Thanos. We can reference all this old uh, Marvel stuff, but I think they're going to have to really just start to go back and say, okay, this is what we're doing this is kind of how to, how to step people through, um, my senior pastor, Steve Childs, he's been talking to me and, and he was really excited because, uh, we're, while we're filming, this is a, a Thursday night and, and he's like, I'm going to go see Venom and, uh, th- uh, let there be carnage the, uh, tomorrow night. And I was like, oh, of course you are like, he, he's really <laughs> big into all these. And like, I was showing him, uh, my, my Legos, uh, cause I, I got a, a couple Lokis, um, for my, my police station set and, I'm going through all this stuff, and I'm, I'm showing him, and he's like, I just love, like, the what if and, like, all these things, and he watches it with his kids, but I'm afraid, like, for guys who read it, if they don't understand the full multiverse, like, if like they'll, they'll understand to an extent, but, like, my dad, who has no idea, my dad's not near where Steve is age-wise, He's there's about a 10, 15-year gap between them, um, but when, when you go in and start looking at this, like, my dad's gonna get lost. Um, your guys's dads might get lost in all of this, and and we just have yeah. to, to to step them through, and they're gonna have to handle it with kid gloves at the beginning. But I think by the time that we hit phase six, because there's no doubt that it'll it'll just keep going, um, and they'll they'll figure out new characters to start spotlighting and things like that, or they'll multiverse an old character in um, with a new actor, because um, we we may end up getting like a teenage version of Iron Man um well i was gonna say
2: too like if you think about it like speaking of endgame like when they do the whole time heist go into different areas 2012 and you know new york city and um it's not like back to the future where they run into each other and they see their self and they freak out or something like that but like if they do this i believe if they do something where they bring robert downey jr back as iron man or tony stark it'll be something where they need an answer from him and they need to go back in time and they need to figure it out. So it may be 2010 Tony Stark after he becomes Iron Man and they need an answer from him regarding something that happens then that helps future time mm-hmm. rather than, Oh, we're just going to resurrect him. And he, you know, like nothing ever happened.
0: Well, so I think, I, I think that they're not going to resurrect him Um, from the, the word that I'm hearing on, uh, cause I've been, I've been following nerd cycles and things like that. It's looking like, uh, Pepper is going to start showing up like in Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. And she's going to be asking, can you bring Tony back? And she's going to just like, just like
2: uh Spider-Man no way home. He goes to Dr. Strange. Why is Dr. Strange got to be the scapegoat in all this?
0: <laughs> well, the, he's, he's the magic guy and they don't understand it. Yeah, so I, I, get th- it. I think that's where they're going to go with it. Um, I think I'm still trying to figure out the whole Spider-Man thing, but just to see like if, if he comes back, I don't know that they'll bring him back in the, the natural way. Like, Hey, like he's now back alive and all that. Um, we'll either see a multiverse version of him, or I think if they're going to follow comic book, uh, cause they're, they're starting to, to go more comic book accurate. Um, I think we'll see him show up in iron heart. Um, so iron heart uses him as an AI. So like Jarvis, and we're, we're gonna have like even if it's just his voice, we're gonna have Robert Downey Jr. as her Jarvis.
1: See that I would love. Yeah, that I would love
2: to see. <laughs> they're gonna have they're gonna have white Iron Man like they have white Vision and at the end of <laughs> at the end of WandaVision, They're gonna have a white a white suit and.
0: <laughs> you mean like that, where yeah, he's, he's like they had a spacesuit Iron Man. Legos, Looks like uh, a storm and, stormtrooper. Like yeah, a stormtrooper yes, except for he can hit things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not, yes not not shooting yes. all all willy-nilly i think uh i think going back to this film though i think that the only thing that may have made it better is if they would have not been like shield we're trying to figure out an acronym for it and then like later on in the mcu they're like oh we've been shield since the 40s and it's like Phil Coulson you've yeah. been on shield since the 90s <laughs> like like i i think it's just Back again back to what you said, Alicia, I, I just I don't think that they knew how far they were going. Um yeah. I think, and, and part of that may come back to the fact that when they were pushing these movies out, it was Paramount who was pushing them out. And then Disney bought all of Marvel and bought the, the rights and all that. And so technically Paramount is on uh for the Avengers, like they did all of phase one. But they didn't apparently do uh, the Avengers movie. Disney slapped uh, Paramount's name on it and said, "We want to direct. We want to do the whole thing, but we'll give you all the credits just so that way we can we can go the direction we're planning to go, and that way you you will still get all the credit. You'll get all the the funds and things like that. But we're gonna move forward from here where we want to go, um, which I think I think was the right uh, decision. But I think that when your your plan starts here and you're like, oh, we're gonna start with Iron Man okay, you have a plan, but then Disney buys it out, and so now you no longer have those rights, so it didn't really matter where they were going.
2: You were no one to ask you this while well, we're, we're recording, um, and Alicia brought this up the other day, but um, your thought on at the end of the movie when they ask him if he's Iron Man, he's like, I am Iron Man, and uh, Alicia brought up a great point the other day when we were watching this, but like dc versus marvel nobody really knows who the dc superheroes are but all the marvel people are recognized like you know who tony stark is he's iron man you know that mark ruffalo is bruce banner who is the hulk Mm -hmm. you know you know that thor is thor you know that black widow is black widow you know that like like because they're like they try to make it more relational what was your thought you know
0: i actually was going to talk about that next um okay cool so I, I beat you to it. It's yeah, cool. you, you, this is this is why I have you on so much is because we think alike, and you just keep this conversation going. I think one of the the biggest things about the MCU that they're going to have to start struggling because of the way characters are written and all that. Uh, you've got like Spider Man who keeps his, his identity a secret. Um, like people know who Iron Man is because he came out so far from home. Right. Yeah, yeah, but like. As in, in the town. comics and, and whatnot, like they're, they're, yes. I don't yeah, know I that they are trying to hide everything, um, because you've got your public, uh, that that was the whole idea, and this is why I hate Civil War. Um, I'm going to side tangent on this real quick. S- Civil War was literally about registration, and so not about like registering to be a superhero. It was registering so that way they know the list of names of every superpowered individual in the world, superhero, supervillain. You sign this thing, or like you're an outlaw. Um, And so Captain America, who everybody knows is is Steve Rogers, where Iron Man, he like has said, oh, I'm Iron Man. And then there's there's been like long stints where people didn't know he was Iron Man, Um, which is why at the end, if you knew you're Iron Man, most people were like, wait, which way is he going to go with this? Because he could literally say, no, I'm not Iron Man, and then make that reveal to everyone later. And so like that could have been a big turning point. But he just went ahead and, and said, yeah, you know what? I am Iron Man. Um, but like Thor, Thor actually has a secret identity. So when you get to Thor Ragnarok, uh, when he's got the umbrella, uh, that is Mjolnir and, uh, and the first one, we're going to get to this next week when, when we start filming it, um, but we'll be pushing that episode out a few weeks later. Um, he's got the Donald Blake, uh, and that, that is his actual alternate identity as he's a doctor called Donald Blake. And when he needs, uh, Mjolnir to become Thor, he picks it up, but otherwise he's he's a doctor um, and he, he helps people. I don't know that they have any desire to push into that because there's so much more that they want to do and because of the price tag on these characters um, and all, on all the actors, I just don't think that they need to go that route where DC is more about the masks and about kind of keeping them, I don't know, the, Marvel kind of makes it more humanistic where uh, DC is more like we're gods among men like we have superpowers we need to protect our families so that way people like fear us but like we also they also know that we protect them um and that they don't have to be afraid of us but like fearful of the power and things like that like to stay away like when we're in battle um i i think that it's like, like
2: when we were kids growing up watching tv shows like they had their alter ego right yeah like you knew yeah, the you power know, rangers right yeah yeah bruce bruce we knew bruce wayne was bruce wayne you knew batman was batman and like people just those were like as a viewer you were like those are separate like i said maybe the only when we were talking about yesterday i think the only exception to that rule with the current dc was probably aquaman because you know the people where he's at right they know that he's <laughs> They clearly know that he's Aquaman, right? Like he's probably the only exception. But the
1: general world does not know. Yes.
0: Yep. Yeah. Like Superman, um, in comics, when when they talk about him, like there there's one spot it's my favorite that they talk about. He actually changes the octave of his voice so that people really have no idea. Like he like his hair is the only real thing because like he throws the glasses on and people get confused when I have glasses on and off, um, and they're like, "Wait, timeout. What's different?" and so like because the interactions but like superman farther away like i mean there's a lot of a lot of aspects to superman but when when i read the the issue where it talked about i changed the octave of my voice i'm like yes that's fantastic
2: we have completely went down a rabbit hole but like i was i was watching batman versus superman the other day the extended cut and one of my favorite lines is when um it's towards the end of the movie and
0: save martha really you like that one
2: no, no 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 when what's the guy that played an ant-man and the wasp and he was kind of like the editor of the newspaper
0: oh um i know who you're talking about uh what's his character's
2: name and batman versus superman
0: he's uh he plays goliath um yeah so he was like so
2: <laughs> this is all going down with like the the big scene at the end of the movie and he comes out and he's like where's kent <laughs> Yeah, he's where's Kent? And he's like freaking out because he can't find Clark Kent. But, you know, Clark kind of, you know, Superman. He's over there, you know, fighting Batman. But anyway, I think all that to say, like
0: you're talking about Lawrence yeah, Fishburne. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's I, I just idea. think it's interesting. It's an interesting perspective that DC has done that, and Marvel is, like you're saying, Jordan taking the more humanistic approach of, okay, I am Iron Man, or you know, I am Captain America, or mm-hmm. I am.
1: Yes, yes, they have some sort of super ability, but they're still human. Except, well, except for Thor. Well, I think
0: Stark. what we're gonna see is over the next few years. Um, like, you don't have to have that with Iron Man, but like, the world doesn't necessarily address the fact that some of these characters are the characters that they are. There, it's not like, like if you look at Endgame, like uh, when Ant Man, hey, do you want a picture with me? Like, they don't really recognize him as Ant Man because it was like Scott Lang. But like the Hulk. I mean, you're not going to like, and, and I We're don't not know, the, not know that that's the Hulk. Yeah, And and I don't think that they've truly recognized this, but I don't believe that every character, how do I say this? I don't believe that everybody knows that like Bruce Banner is the Hulk. I think the government recognizes it. I don't know that the, that the whole world has is like, oh, like you're the Hulk. Like, I don't think because like people are walking around and they're not saying anything. But, like, they'll put him as, like, most wanted Bruce Banner, so, like, that's how people know him, but they don't know why he's most wanted. They don't, like, I don't think the government is, like, hey, we're, I mean, they're already uprooting his family. I don't think that they really care to say, like, as long as they get him, I don't think they care.
2: Mm.
0: Because I think if they would have said, hey, Bruce Banner's the Hulk, like, he can do damage. So, like, you guys are not going to go and be like, hey, come here, I'm going to turn you in. Like, you're not going to do that. You're going to do the secret phone call, and you're going to run away. And say, hey, this is where I last saw him. Like, I'm getting the heck out of Dodge. But, like, Iron <laughs> Man, Iron Man, if he's not in a suit, he's not as dangerous. Like, in, in the concept of who they are, I, I don't think that that's why that. I think, like, the teenage superheroes, like uh, Spider Man, Nova, um, if they did, like, a young Iron Fist, like, you're going to see those characters be masked up. Um, not so much uh, the older ones who have less to fear. Because um, I feel like, as adults, we're kind of like, come at me, bro, versus, like, teenagers that. They would be like, "We want you guys in masks. We want you to keep your identity secret, so that way you can keep your family safe and things like that." I think that's where they're going. So,
2: can we before we wrap? Can we? Can we uh, touch on the fact that Happy and, and Tony were racing to the airport, <laughs> in that one scene at the beginning I of love the movie that I thought that was it. he's like he's like you almost had me. He's like he did, sir. <laughs> and then and like, then he tells him he, t- he like,
0: took a shortcut.
2: Yep. Yeah. He's like, and Rhodey's like, you're unbelievable because he's like standing there for like four hours waiting on him to get there.
0: I think <laughs> that's one of my favorite
2: scenes in that movie.
0: I think that Happy Hogan as a character is so underrated. I love Happy, and I'm I'm grateful that he didn't get cut out of of the MCU with Iron Man, like because they're already saying that he's going to show up. And uh, I I think I saw him in the the trailer for uh, No Way Home, and he was in Far From Home, and um, I'm I'm really excited to see kind of hey, like he's going to continue to do some of this stuff. Uh, and I, I think it'll be really, really cool to to see where his, his stuff plus, goes.
2: Plus make The Mandalorian.
0: Yeah. <laughs> plus the fact that John Favreau is an amazing director. He directed both Iron Man's 1 and 2. He was on a uh, production team for The Avengers, and he helped create The Mandalorian. So yeah, I 100% am with, with John Favreau.
1: And then Elf.
0: Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Elf. And he did that. So perfect. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so, so, so much for helping me get through this one. This was a lot of fun, and I am just so excited to start our series run on the Marvel Cinematic Universe For those of you who are listening, thank you so much for being a part of this episode and for being a part of our family here at Nerd Talk with Jordan Halstead. We would love for you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I will be trying to post more here in the coming weeks, kind of what we're doing and and things like that. So make sure you like and subscribe and share uh, with your friends and family. We just want to see how many people we can reach. And maybe if you want to be a part of this, reach out to me. I would love to see if we can get you hooked in. All right. We will catch you guys here next time on Nerd Talk.